and welcome to PMP Weekly episode 173. It is seventh, seventh, fourth of July, <laughs> 2022. <laughs> Happy Independence for USA. Uh, it's a normal working week, of course, in the rest of the world. But um, I actually have the benefit here, which is I have a free evening, which is really, really cool. That's so rare. <laughs> I have a Monday off, so well, not off. But well, actually, there was one evening. thing I wanted to ask you. <laughs> Can I send you a meeting? Anyway, so <laughs> yes. Uh, in PMP Weekly, I always talk about the latest in Microsoft 365 all up. And to be clear, I always have a visitor in the show as well. Before we go to who's the visitor of today, my name is Sasha Ivan and I'm a principal product manager. <laughs> I got the title right. Uh, in the Microsoft 365 platform. And with me as a co host <laughs> is Waldek. <laughs> Hi, everybody. My name is Valdek Mastekas, and I am cloud developer advocate for Microsoft 365 and Microsoft. And you're not only advocating this poll, right? So the visitor of today is... Da -da 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 -da. Yes. So today we'll talk to my colleague, Gary Trinder, who in his past life used to be an MVP before that was consulting on Microsoft 365. And these days he's, as I said, my colleague on the cloud advocates for Microsoft 365 team. So we will talk to him about his career, his journey, what he used to do in the past, how he looks at learning, tips and tricks there, and also his experience and his tips for people getting involved in the Microsoft 365 community. Yeah, that was, we've already recorded that just a teaser to clarify that out. It was no, no, discussion. no, we are clairvoyant. Fair? Fair? Yes, I am. That's a too fancy word. I have no idea what that means. Looking into the future. Oh, interesting. Okay. Anyway, let's jump on that interview. <laughs> we have no idea what's going to happen there. We're looking into the future with open-minded. So let's jump on the interview with uh, Gary Trinder. Gary, Gary, back to you. So welcome, Gary Trinder from UK. Uh, we'll get to the city and location in a second, uh, the BNP weekly episode 173. As we started on the intros, this is the last season, last season. No, this is not the last season. This is the last episode of this season. You, you, you want to tell me something? We didn't, we didn't talk about it yet. Like you're just dropping the bomb now. <laughs> yes. No, this is not the last episode of BNP weekly. But anyway, you've been actually in the BNP weekly before as well, haven't you? I have. It was a while ago. I was trying to find. I was, I was trying to find the number because obviously episode numbers are really important. Um, <laughs> yes. I, I just I'm couldn't find it, it, but right I do know it was. It, it was. A, it was so long ago. Like so many things have changed. Just <laughs> like it's. I can't even think of what <laughs> I was doing. Episode fifty-seven. Fifty-seven. That's, that's a while so that ago. Is, that is yeah, few days, yeah. few years ago. Actually, in fact, cool, cool. Yeah. Now. And for that reason, let's actually what's start changed? with intros. Uh, no, no, before we go there, what's the background? Who are you? Where do you live? What do you do for a living? Uh, so, yep, yeah, as you introduced me, uh, my name is Gary Trinder. I'm in the UK. Um, I work for Microsoft. Um, you mentioned City, actually, and that was quite interesting because the big town next to me actually got City status, which is kind of a big thing. Uh, so that's, that's Doncaster in the north of England. Um, so I'm, uh, yeah. Um, not uh, not always to go down in London, um, so it's nice to go, but yeah, big cities and not necessarily my thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, I work for Microsoft. I'm a cloud developer advocate, a role which I've 
only just started. Uh, so I've been at Microsoft for, well, not even a year. Uh, and this is my second role. Uh, so it will be a year in August. Yeah. So just in. And uh, yeah, I, uh, I moved from uh, consulting. Uh, so I worked for Microsoft as a modern work consultant and moved into cloud advocacy uh, team as a cloud developer advocate focusing on Microsoft 365. So a lot has actually happened since last time you were actually in a chat. Uh, yeah, well, I was thinking about this earlier. Actually, what happened was last time I wasn't an MVP. So I was an MVP for two years, joined Microsoft, lost my, well, not kind of lost my MVP status, got a, you lost a, a nice <laughs> little goal. Yeah, yeah. Ring, yeah. Um, yeah <laughs> part exactly. of the group, part of the ship. Yeah, um, we had the pandemic, obviously. Um, yep. Which, um, yeah, we're not going to talk about that because uh, that's, that's that. Uh, and I became well a dad as well in all that time. Congratulations. Yeah. So really thank cool. you very much. Um, so, yeah. Oh, and moved house twice. Twice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> what, what didn't change? Uh, your wife. wife? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good to have permanent things in your life, for sure. Exactly. Crowding so, yeah, yeah, rocks. Yeah. Dog? <laughs> dog. Yes, dog. He's, he's down here. He's asleep. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Everything else seems to have just changed. Yes. <laughs> That's that's good, and then of course it's it's good to get to the maybe you'll find the right role now in the career for a longer time. Can you actually can we go a bit of back? Can you talk about a bit about the, being a consultant in Microsoft? What does that mean? How did you? Let's start with a, anybody who's kind of interesting. I, I always want to be working in Microsoft uh, as a audience of ours. How would they get to be at the work as a consultant in Microsoft? How how was that recruitment process? You don't have so, to be super plant and transparent <laughs> <or not. laughs> Yep. Uh, so uh, I, I guess kind of a little bit of background of before I, I joined Microsoft, if you like, in that um, I've always been part of the, the partner ecosystem. So I've worked for various different partners of different sizes, if you like, in the UK. So way back when, when I first kind of get into SharePoint, um, it was very small consultancy. And then I just kind of grew up to some of the bigger ones. So, and then eventually Microsoft, which is, well, can't get much bigger. Um, so being kind of part of that, that partner ecosystem, understanding, you know, how Microsoft is, is operating and actually getting to the point of working with Microsoft as well. So yep. um, Microsoft works with its partners to deliver, um, uh, deliver, I guess, programs of work more, more than anything else, you know, big transformation programs. Um, I was lucky to uh, work on a, a public sector um, transformation project, um, which was run by Microsoft and the consultancy that I was working for. Um, we were asked to come in and help on um, the SharePoint side, kind of rebuild different solutions and things. So that was kind of my, my first, I guess, understanding of what consultancies like in in Microsoft and and how you know these these big projects actually run um, and from that yeah I I literally looked on the careers board um, so the Microsoft careers have a look around see what was happening and being in SharePoint and obviously Microsoft 365 uh, I joined modern work um, which is let's call it a domain within um, within consulting um so it's specific to uh to kind of you know these transformational projects digital transformation productivity um and that would be across 
all areas. So you'd have security, you'd have collaboration, um, you'd have unified communications, all those kind of different things. So I, I joined a team um, of consultants in the UK, um, quite a large team. It's strange joining a team and then realizing that that team was almost like half the size of the company that you left, and that's just a team of consultants. <laughs> um, True. So, so it's it's scale, right? Of everything's yep. just just bigger. Um, yep. But my, I guess, experience of working in other consultancies and working with Microsoft as well kind of give me a, a good understanding of where you actually where you fit. Um, in the organization and, and what your responsibilities are to, to deliver, you know, yep. programs or, or projects. Yeah, I'll come back on this one in a second related on your start and, and getting back on the Microsoft. But before we start, I have to ask, you were also a super active on the community side, helping with samples and, yes. and one of the key coordinators of uh, CLI for Microsoft 365. Did that help? Did it have any impact on when you were applying a job or being an MVP? Uh, um, yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, I always look back at it and think that, you know, getting involved in the community. Um, I was very lucky early on in career that I actually was exposed to the community uh, very early. So the old SharePoint Saturdays that used to, to happen, um, you know, this was back in 2011, where people would just get on planes and go to, you know, a location somewhere and, and, and just talk about SharePoint. Crazy and, talking. That didn't happen. That <laughs> exactly, <never happened>. right? <laughs> Oh, it wasn't a dream? Wait. <laughs> it's, uh, well, oh, maybe a nightmare, but it depends. <laughs> um, but getting, getting involved in the community, and actually I was, I was part of an organ- uh, a small company that helped run them as well. So I got to see the organization side, and, and you kind of understand the names of, of people who are involved, um, still names of people that are, that are around uh, today. Uh, Mark Anderson being, being one of them, I remember very yep. in the early days of uh, um, SP Services, and, and then speaking to him and, and meeting him. Um, and that kind of grounded me in that there's this, this whole world that is there of people who are doing this similar jobs, coming against the same problems um, and interacting with them. And, and as time has gone on, um, it's kind of changed. So people doing their own blog posts and things originally, but now it's you know projects being set up the way you can contribute like CLI for Microsoft 365. And that really kind of does change things because it gives you an opportunity to try things which you've never tried before outside of your your current role. So throughout my career, I've kind of done different things. So I've done developer, been consultant, been an architect, um, managed people. Um, there's elements of going, well, actually, I want to hear, I want to know about product, or I want to just get involved in open source and how does that actually work? And you know, open source is a great way of, of kind of just exposing yourself to, to things that you can do that is actually going to have a direct impact. Yeah. Um, I think I think that's that's the key thing is that you're not just working and doing things that you can't show people or say, look, I built this thing and look, look how many people are using it um, through an open source project. Um, and I think that from a career standpoint, shows that you can do things that are a real world. It's not just, oh, I've built an app that's, uh, you know, shows something nice and pretty. It's actually, here's something that someone needed, it solved a problem, and then you got in, you got involved and, and you went through the, the hard graft, if you like, of learning what 
what process you need to go through or some new skill or new technology um, that you needed to, to implement that. Um, so I think that's a huge thing to have on your um, CV, um, yep. definitely. And I think in the, let's say, the modern world of work is, you know, like we said, getting in the room together. And uh, it, you know, that's not always the thing now. Even if you're in the same country right as the rest of the people in your organization rarely now we're all going to be getting into the same room so getting involved in open source really does help you build the skills for um more um kind of asynchronous communication how do you communicate effectively with other people without actually talking to them you know or meeting them physically um and that's gonna take up that that's gonna be you know still there um, we'll still we'll meet definitely, but it'll be for different reasons, I yep. think. Um, so I think again, getting involved in open source and GitHub especially is a, a really good way to uh, to help you with that and learn learn that that new skill, which I think is it doesn't matter what role you're in. I think whether you're a developer or not, being able to communicate in in that way is is it is it's a different thought process. Uh, sure. I think that you need to sure. need to think about. Sure. Do you do you recall you mentioned right that at some point like you were exposed to you know community and organizing events and all that? Do you recall you know the point in time where you said like I want that too. I want to be a part of it. I wanna I want to do it too as opposed to just being an attendee. I want to take an active role in that. And do you recall the time? And if so, do you recall like why? Why like what was the thing you were after? So it, it's. There wasn't one thing. This is, this is an, uh, I guess, a number of things. So, whilst I was kind of helping with the organisation of, um, you know, just on the day of just running around and trying to be helpful um, of of an event, to then going, okay, I, I want to get involved. This now, I'm, I'm seeing people on stage or in a room and talking about all these these good things. Um, is you know that's where I wanted to start. It was that looks really interesting. I wonder what that's like. And what can I talk about um, as well? Because we're all doing different things, um, sharing something that you're doing. It might not be exciting to you, but it might solve someone else's problem, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to basically talk to people and say, I found this cool thing, but I think it solves a problem that other people have. For then for people to walk away and go, you know what, I can try something different the next day I go to work and that make a, a, a real difference. And and I think it, it's that, right? It's that purpose. It's the, not just I'm getting up and speaking, but the reason why you're doing that, you're, you know, what's behind that is that you're essentially helping people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, again, with uh, GitHub, it, it's, it's the same thing, really. It, it, in essence, it's just through a, a different kind of medium. Um, whether that's you know raising issues of new features or you know reviewing pull requests um, or just you know making people aware of of that there's these tools that are going to potentially help you or solve a problem for you and it's surprising you know you you keep reiterating things and there's always new people um, yep. coming um, so there's always a new it. audience endless road of new people coming in it's it's just every single community call there's always new people every single tweet you do a promo on a community call every you, you still get like oh i wasn't aware of this course it's just like well 
yeah, we've been just promoting yeah. them now for five <laughs> to six years. But again, we get new people in the, in the industry all the time as well. So, But it is an interesting point, right? Because every day, like for every person that is already a part of the community that calls whatever we already do every day, there are 10 new folks who start or yep. however many that they are. Yep. Which kind of brings us to an interesting point. How do you balance kind of repeating yourself well because there are new folks who start well we got to keep repeating the same thing getting them on repeating the basics versus catering to folks who have already been around and have that need to you know go uh, more in depth with things like how do you you balance it out because i um i believe that's also a part of your job like being an advocate you're like a big part of the job is also to bring new people in to start with the basics and explain folks what they can do, why would they care, and so forth and so on. So how do you balance it out? Like, how do you, what are the things you do to to avoid it becoming, you know, uh, a road? Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's a, a good question because that's, that's the, the, yeah, that is, that is the ultimate problem that we're trying to solve, right? Is that there's people at different stages of a particular journey and there's different places and, um, where people will look for new things or they will look for um, things that are more cu- kind of cutting edge. Um, and I think that, you know, there's a lot of things in that, like we mentioned, there's new people to the technology, there's new people to communities as, as well. So those communities that are there, predominantly an audience of people who have kind of, they know the systems, right? They understand the, what Teams is, they understand what Teams development is. Um, and those are the more of the potential areas where we need to focus on that content that's maybe a little bit more advanced, but also kind of, like you say, catering for the odd new people who are joining uh, these communities, but they they already have an idea because they've searched the community out, right? They've got an understanding of that, uh, that ecosystem. Um, whereas the people who are, let's say, I don't know, have a Google background or an Amazon background, they're not going to know about these communities. So how do we reach, how do we reach them? So, you know, as an advocate, then we're reaching out to these people through um, maybe events that, 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 that they hold, um, meet them where they are, um, or again, the, through the docs. People are going to look for, you know, where do I begin? Um, Microsoft Docs is a is is a resource for that. Are we catering for those people that are, you know, start literally starting from scratch and that there's no assumed prior knowledge? Um, it's a difficult one because, like I say, everyone's at different levels of the journey, right? And we need to make sure that there's content that's targeted to, I guess, the the journey that you're at. How does someone go from being, I've no idea about what Teams even is, to building an app, to then moving through those advanced stages um, and, and understanding what that journey is? Um, so I think that's the kind of the, the thoughts, I guess, that that we go through um, to, to really help people on that journey, not just go, okay, you've built a Hello World app, and now you're done. You know, you know off you go. You can, <laughs> you can find out for yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah the but I think the, also the conclusion is that there's no simple version of truth to that answer, which says how yeah. do you cater, because it, it's just every single human being is – separate. Every single human being has a different way of learning. Every single human being has different interests and different things spark them. Mm-hmm. And that, I guess that's always the 
big, big, big challenge for us for who create the content and create the audience and, and try to find audiences to reach or to provide a sufficient amount of different mediums and channels for people to get kind of like, oh, oh, interesting. And then they can get to know all of the rest of it. But mm-hmm. getting that initial spark in place, which is really the key. So definitely. Yeah. It's an interesting and, and challenge. It is, and it- and it is a balance too, right? Because on one hand, there is the scale, right? Like if you look at that devs, like we have, I don't know, 2 million developers or how many million developers there are across the world, right? So there is the scale. On the other hand, like it's hard to address everybody, as you said, the same way because people are different, right? So like if you look at the other side of the spectrum, you arrive at the long tail of people. I'm interested in building an app with um, specific API on PHP, on serverless, it's a, a very niche thing, yep. right? And you will have like, you have the long tail of this very specific things people need to solve immediately for which we, we might not have an exact match because it's combination of 20 or more different things that they need exactly, right? So like, so, I think like at the end of the day, we are all over the spectrum from really talking probably about what is it that, that you can do to a few specific things as we go to like, hey, I solved this or we have a sample for that and that thing might match exactly the thing you need, assuming you're looking for a sample and not a video versus a TikTok or versus <laughs> something else that's your preferred way to yep. learn. Yeah. Oh, you mean the 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 broadcasting this guidance in television is not a good idea anymore? You just see what a teletext, what? a teletext. Yeah. We're, yeah, remember so the, a teletext. Remember the the video wow. with Jeff Deeper and Satya Nadella doing the Microsoft show in television in the eighties? Yeah, yeah, because they <laughs> oh. they both was it nineties? Ninety two or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a really tele, awesome tele mark. Well, was it tele market or was it tele advocacy? Like, yeah, they they yeah. were both on a show. Yeah. Welcome back. We're here live to take your questions, and I think we've got our first caller on the line from South Carolina. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, Tom? That's correct, Tom. What's Tom your, Carolina, how can we help you, Tom? Drive uh, the latest in inventory management technologies like just-in-time inventory management, for example, yet at the same time leverage our existing mainframe or mini-computer data. In this case, we'll have a live connection to an AS400. And to build this system, this piece of the system, we brought up Satya Nadala. Satya? Thanks, Jeff. Uh, before we go into the actual implementation, let me, let's take a quick look at the application architecture. As you can see, the most important architectural requirement for this piece is to be able to integrate data which exists on a host or a mainframe right now into Excel. Excel being our front-end tool and uh, the uh, AS400 in our case being the data repository. Uh, so, and in addition to that, we also want to be able to add functionality because once we have the data in Excel, we have all the APIs available. <laughs> we need to actually find that to the notes of the, of the video yeah. because it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> so. You raise an interesting point there, though, uh, Waldeck, about you know, the different types of medium as well, right? Is that of a certain age, okay, you know, I'm kind of... <laughs> so oh, we're going so back, that direction. Yeah, so so back when it'd be blog posts and things, I would read things. But you know, people's habits kind of change yep. to a degree. But 
we were talking about new people who are joining with, you know, thinking of people who know nothing more than a world that is just digital, right? Yep. And, and, and going, well, yeah, I want to consume things on TikTok because that makes total sense to me. And that's where I spend my time. And that's what we're, you know, that I, we can make people uh, uh, aware. And it's kind of understanding, okay, well, what, what resonates with a particular audience and what's yep. going to give us impact of thinking we have an existing kind of uh, community potentially of, of people who have been around for a while. Um, and, you know, that's fine, but we've got new people coming along and we need to cater for their needs. So TikTok or YouTube shorts, um, you know, those kind of things. That's also an interesting point, right? Because, so let me make it a bit more complicated because why not? <laughs> Personally, right? Like I, I cannot learn from a video. Like I cannot bear, have the patience to like sit and watch the video. Like if I know something about like, let's take uh, development, right? Like I've got a few years of experience. So typically I know exactly what it is that I need to know. I know a few things, but there are a few things that I might not, right? So for that, I want to go to, to, to the exact doc, scan through it and just grab the one thing that I need and I leave, right? On the other hand, if I were to, I don't know, put in or or assemble a cabinet or build a chair or something else, something that I suck at, the default will be a video. I want to see it. I want to see like how people will, you know, attach two pipes together or how, how you clean a Again, sink. So it's every a, single human being is unique. Some people exactly, learn by reading, but, some people seeing, and depending on a case and they're confident well, they exactly, want to use different but that is like a, as exactly well. the point. The point I'm trying to make. It's not even a person thing. True. What True. if that is a, a context thing? As, as I, like for this type of thing that I'm trying to learn because. X, Y, and Z, because I don't know it enough, because I'm visual when it comes to thing in which um, I am um, a beginner, I want to see things, versus yep. if I am well-versed in things, I just need this one one specific thing, and I don't care about the whole background story and explanation, and, and no, 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 they just give me this one one thing, right? So yep. it's it's a very interesting thing, you know, like how people learn, it's. I think it's. It's a topic of itself. Like, what is the psychology of learning and assimilating content? So there's also another angle. If I were to make it even more complicated and just add on top <laughs> yes, of that, do it. is that people will um, just na naturally gravitate to a certain type of medium because it works for them. There will be some people who, uh, you know, are not necessarily neurotypical, who have different needs, who will say, "I don't want to read a blog post because I." I it's just not right for me, but a video where someone's explaining concepts is much more desirable. So it's, again, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's a, a, a hugely complex thing in, in that, you know, we, we need to think about these things and, you know, uh, one thing joining Microsoft and joining the team that I'm in, I moved from a UK team to a worldwide team um, is thinking about different cultures as well. What yep. works for one yep. culture doesn't necessarily work for, for another. Um, yep. And those are the things that, uh, again, as scale goes up, there's more things to uh, to think about. So, uh, yep. yeah. So in the uh, end, we need to do everything, right? TLDR. Uh, yeah, well, that's the <laughs> yeah. spectrum of uh, channels and mediums yeah. to people to consume. Yeah. 
which, now, which I think is coming back to the point though of, of it's focusing on what's important, right? And and that we can do lots of different things, but but what's going to give us the 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 biggest bang, if you like, at that particular point um, for that particular audience? Um, you know, we like you say, you can do everything, but some things are going to be, you know, are we are we catering from a very very tiny audience that actually that they're, they're not the people we really need to reach because we need to generate some interest and inspire people to 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 go on and 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 start maybe building on a platform that they've they've never even thought about uh, in the past. So you know those things. I think now yeah. coming back on learning, I'm kind of curious. So coming back on the the start of the discussion, you when you started as a consultant in in Microsoft, you started in the middle of the pandemic, and and you've been mm-hmm. working from home remotely and all of that. I joined Microsoft back in 2006, and we had a awesome team of 14 SharePoint developers in Finland, which is pretty high, um, and we basically met every single day in the office, and we were brainstorming and and dissecting SharePoint. So then that's how I learned how SharePoint actually works, because it wasn't documented at the time. But and and of course it's a completely different ball game now that. We're in the middle of pandemic and we're doing this hybrid work and everything else. And we don't, well, I don't go to office anymore. I haven't gone there that much. Uh, how did, how was that organized? What, any, any good kind of a tips which you saw around that? Because that's a huge challenge across the world right now to get people committed and engaged. And in your case, you're still engaged or, or committed in Microsoft, but mm-hmm. you're no longer committed on the organization you actually joined, which is a good example. Yeah, um, what? It, it is an interest. How can Sorry, you not go on. Be, be not committed to the organization you joined? <laughs> no no longer in consulting, you know, in advocates. Again, it, it, it from an organization perspective, it's recruited you. Would be, they would probably wanted to keep you for five years, right? Rather than within a, a year moving to another organization. Oh, okay, by the way, gotcha. nothing wrong with doing that. So it's completely fine. That happens. Uh, we, we need to find the right ways where we have our passion. Uh, but it, it's an interesting challenge when I think about it. And that goes back on the employee experiences and how do we, the importance of getting people connected to the company and organization where they're working. Yeah, gotcha. it's it was a very interesting time. I mean, I I finished my job on the Friday and started at Microsoft on the Monday in the same office. Like, and, and uh, yeah, just my my environment didn't change, so it felt really weird. So that kind of I've joined Microsoft didn't really feel like it because I was just yeah. interacting through a screen, right? It wasn't like I could go and, and meet people, go on site, and and do all the things of you know have do a picture have a next to Microsoft already right? or not. Do you uh, have a Microsoft badge? I, I do now. It, yes. I don't. I do. So you you are more <laughs> onboarded than I am, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you, there you go, Vesta. Uh, wow. Well. <laughs> wow. I guess that shows oh, how much you've not traveled, I, right? <laughs> I guess I have like five of them or whatever because they kept renewing them at some point. But anyway. So. Um, but yeah, uh, there was an. I guess an, uh, you know, as soon as we could get together, there was an active kind of uh, uh, push from um, my management and 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 in in the uh, the kind of levels higher to get people together to you know have that time to just chat and just kind of you know meet each other and try and build those relationships. Um, I think through uh, whilst I was. 
fully remote. One thing which I did leverage and one thing that Microsoft is, is, is really good at is there's so many communities internal to Microsoft as well. And that is a, another good way of being able to reach out to speak to people who are not necessarily in your direct organization either. Um, so, you know, there's lots of different, I guess, I'm calling the right organizations, right, within organizations of uh, customer success, uh, which Premier Field Engineers, what they, they became, and sales and joining a community where actually a lot of people mix is a good way to understand one, the different roles uh, that are out yep. there. Like, it, it just easy to look at someone's job title and just think, what, what is that? <laughs> and then you kind of go, look. What are you, you doing actually? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what What are you doing? And it, it's it, it was a good way to understand the wider picture because it's very easy to just say I'm a consultant and here are the people that are in my team and and that gets you so far. But actually, you need to know a, a lot more because you need to interact with a lot of people. It's the the the, the realization of my onboarding of if you want to do something, you can't do it by yourself. You have to involve others. You have to you know understand who you need to speak to. Um, you know, get people um, together to to try and you know if you want to change things or you want to do something uh, different, then yeah, one voice is not is not gonna not gonna do it. Um, and I think that's that's been uh, really interesting because that's just kind of flowed through everything that that I've done. There's just always going to be lots of people that uh, you're going to be um, collaborating with um, on, you know, whether that's projects or whether that's now in, in advocacy. Um, you know, that could be engineering, it could be marketing. You know, all these different teams need to come together to work together to actually get a, get a good outcome, whether that's yeah. get the project over the line or writing content and distributing it and, and making an impact that way. Um, yeah. But yeah, the communities was a was a great great thing um, to to get involved in, and and I did, um, and that that really helped make me feel more of a a Microsoft employee over the time. I'm obviously going to going going on site eventually. Really helped because yep. it was like, yay, I'm going through the door and I could just scan and. No one's going to tell. No one's going to go. Well, I did half expect that walking down a hallway, someone would just go, "Who are you? What are you doing here? Get out!" Yep. 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 I had the same feeling no when I visited ever. campus yeah. like a few, a few weeks back. And you're like, beep, beep, yes, I got in, I got in, I got in. And then it's you're working. waiting for somebody to throw you out. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But it's, it's, it's of course, it's, it's an interesting challenge. And, and of course, the employee experience is it's a growing theme across the companies because of that reason as well. Now, we're having a long, long, long discussions again. I guess we need to go free you, uh, Gary, uh, pretty soon from this discussion. Um, Let's do a quick uh, top three, top five. Uh, if somebody would like to get involved in open source community for Microsoft 365, what are your tips? How to get involved? Um, come to the issues list. Come to the repo. Uh, if well, first check out the docs. Which repo? Yeah, so in general, in Microsoft 365, yeah. not, not just CLI. <laughs> so somebody wants to get involved in open source community work in Microsoft 365, all up. What would be your tips so, to kind of a... So that's you saying something and me thinking something else when you're thinking, <laughs> I just thought you said CLI yeah. for Microsoft 365. But we'll, no, no, we'll just okay. gloss that over. That is, that is an awesome and example. CLI is successful. 
yeah, that's <laughs> highly, highly exactly, successful yeah. project. So, <laughs> but how, how, how in general? Uh, yeah. So, if it's not just the command line, which is the interesting, how, how would people be like, hey, I want to be involved? What would be the top three things from your perspective? So I would say go to the uh, uh, PMP site, although it's Microsoft 365 platform uh, now. Uh, go to the site, go to the community site. Um, yeah, whatever your preferences on there, have a look at the different projects. Um, I mean, for me, I scattergunned. I didn't really have a, one place where I wanted to go. I just thought I'm just going to get used to the process of contributing to um to to a, a github repository um so one of the tips would be go learn that um you know understand what a fork is how you do a pull request uh, just go through that process pick a repository that you're interested in whether it's powershell if that's one of the skills that that, that you've got or whether it's cli um or yeah. docs or the docs yeah, the docs, yep. if you just want to. Or samples. Oh, yep. oh samples, yeah. There's so many different <laughs> options. I say scattergun, right? Just just pick pick whatever's interesting to you. If you want to update yep. docs, then feel free. But it's the, it's going to be the same kind of process in a way of how you're going to contribute. So getting over that kind of anxiety, if you like, that fear of, well, I'm going to push something and will it be accepted and will I have to make changes yep. and how will I make changes? Those are the things that as you do it more, it just becomes easy so that your your first your first contribution is the one that's going to you know help you get on that path to just getting better. And once you've gone through it, you'll, you'll most likely go, oh, that wasn't too bad. Let's do another. Oh, I found I've seen this. I've seen this issue in the docs. I wish it was updated. Well, now you can actually go. There you are. There's the change. Yep. Just submit it, right? So change, change your little little uh, area of the world, um, and and give back. Um, I think one tip which I would say is give yourself time, as well. There's no rush. Um, you know, if it takes you longer than you think to do that first pull request, well, you know. No harm. Um, again, you'll just get better. Um, so everyone's at different stages. Um, don't be put off by people who are maybe talking in different languages that you're you're expecting, uh, yep. who are well versed and have been doing this uh, for a while. Um, yeah, don't be put off by that. Uh, they've just been doing it longer. You'll get there. Um, on the other side, ask them. Uh, a lot of people are really happy to help. Um, I think who have engaged in open source because they've been through the same process, right? Yep. They've ha they've been that person who had that initial anxiety, so they are they're a great, um, I guess, resource to to kind of tap into as well as the maintainers um, of the uh, of the repositories as well. You know, um, certainly that's the approach that we take in the CLI. Yeah, if you have any issues, you have any questions, then we're we're going to help you out, um, definitely. Um, so, yeah. I think the, I don't know the, how many tips that was, but no, no, that's 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 <laughs> good. And and kind of a Eight. TLDR is is be kind towards others, but also really important, being kind to yourself. Don't hmm. get fooled on the fact that you should know, you should do it immediately. No, no, no. Give yourself time, and gradually learn things. Uh, so it's super important because again, that helps on the anxiety part and and dealing with that imposter syndrome problem, which quite often people yeah. actually have. So going over that tip is is super important. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
Any uh, any anything interesting on your side, uh, Gary? What you're going to do in this week or upcoming weeks? Uh, anything or catching up on? What am I supposed to do within this role? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, the I guess the end of the year into the new year planning is kind of happening. I just so happen yeah. to take two weeks off holiday, off holiday. So I'm doing lots of catching up at the moment and just kind of getting involved and and yeah, learning the role um, as well. Of you know, I moved from a consultant background into advocacy. It's totally different um yep. the approach to work is different the uh, uh the team that i'm working in is totally different um as well i'm realizing that you know whilst i'm there working my manager is fast asleep because it's the middle of the night yep. um yep. those kind of small little things uh, that you need to get used to um you know yeah just getting myself uh get myself orientated uh again uh and then ready to uh ready to get involved with the different initiatives that we're that we're going to be running in uh, in the next six months 12 months yep sounds really good well like anything interesting on your side always you always have to always the same always answer always because it's it's the same <laughs> question every week and some things always, just don't it's change. always, always the same something question going. it's always the same yes, question <laughs> and it's always it's, a, it's always the same answer always yes um we're in the, so the planning is coming along nicely. It's this interesting thing where I'm working for another two weeks and I'll be off for four weeks. By the time I'm back, things like like uh, objectives and our plans are for a big part already set, you know, for for the coming months. So it's kind of just like I want to leave because it's it's nice time to leave. The weather is nice, but it's like oh, then like I'm gonna I'm gonna miss like you know the final part of the play. Like yeah. <laughs> so, so is this is this interesting part of the year but yeah we're progressing pretty nicely with with planning we uh are on the brink of starting new project which will be um more about like can we can we ex- explain some more like why would you care as a developer uh, about building apps on Microsoft 365. Like, what are the different things you can use? What are the, you know, APIs? How does that, like, what is the value add of all of that to you? In other words, like, why would you care? And trying to explain that to uh, devs across the world, really, right? So not really folks who are already on Microsoft 365, but folks who are, let, let's, let's say, one step away from it, they have existing skills. They can build apps already. So yeah. they are devs already, but they don't build on Microsoft 365 yet. And maybe they are already inside a company that, that is on Microsoft, that is on Microsoft 365, but they don't build on it yet. So trying to raise that awareness, why would they care? What is it that we have to offer? Why it matters? Like all of that around that, like it will be, it's something I'm looking forward to. So that's something that we will start in the coming weeks somewhere like when I'm away. <laughs> So it will be an interesting time to see, like, how does that pan out and what's already there when I'm back. One step at a time. That's just that just works. Absolutely. And and you need to have some time off and charge your batteries as well. Oh, it's totally. just totally. absolutely critical. Uh, on, you? my, You're on my going, side. You're gone next week. I'm gone next week right? as well. Yes, for a few weeks. So uh, which is good. So some time prioritizing family and travel uh, inside of the countries, which is good. So going to our Lapland cottage to see if the roof has hold its 
bearings for now for the winter. So it's we have this really really rusty um, without electricity cottage in the in Lapland in Finland, which is absolutely it's brilliant. Called authentic. Authentic. That's authentic. actually really good. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yes, we have electricity with the batteries, uh, but there's there's no electricity otherwise, and and it's a great way of kind of a the connection, connecting of the, everything. So just enjoying the, there's no neighbors, no nothing. You need to row a boat to get there and all of that. So it, it's just completely uh, disconnected. This is awesome. So, so many bad horror movies like spin directly through yeah, my yeah. mind. Like yeah, so like... <laughs> we probably will not, uh, it's going to take a while us to go there again in autumn because last autumn we went there with wife. We have two dogs, which is good. Otherwise your mental mind's Mine would have actually completely like shattered, but it gets insanely dark. It's just unbelievably dark. So without lights, because there's no no start of light anywhere. So if it's a it as it was one evening, it was a super cloudy, and you open the door, you seriously there's there's nothing. You just it's see black. dark. There's it's nothing. just pitch black. And there's a video on Twitter on that. Uh, um, but it, it's just mind blowing. And then you put your light on. And you can see they are. It's just absolutely mind blowing. But then, then again, on summertime, the sun doesn't set. So, on you know, summertime there is absolutely brilliant. But then the autumn trip is yes, you can see stars, you can see Milky Way, you can see the, the northern lights and all of that. But if it's cloudy, wow, it's scary. <laughs> you don't see anything. <laughs> yes. That's when you, t- you turn the torch on and you just can't you see the end of the torch. You're like, well, yeah, that is exactly, that, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So maybe a flashlight. We're not, we do carry those flashlights with us, not just torches. That's yeah, not that disconnected, you know. <laughs> well, that I mean, there's a torch and there, there's a torch, right? Like, I think that there are like, you know, electric or battery powered torches. Yeah, yeah, you know? absolutely. Absolutely. I'm having a, a real torch with real fire. Exactly. Raw, like, exactly. Like, you know, yeah, exactly. The, right? We the do this authentically. <laughs> yeah, you've you got to be like, like set the whole, the whole fire, the whole, the whole forest on fire, you know? Anyway, so we're going to go. Anyway, uh, yeah, on that bombshell. So, few weeks away so we'll be off with the bmp weekly uh we're going to talk about this one within within the intros and outro as well after this one so thank you gary uh for being our last uh visitor uh for this season we'll be back with the next one we'll get you back on the show after a one episode 100 episode or something like that so it's good to go always catch up Sounds good. Take a break and, and hopefully it'll be less uh, hectic than the last couple of years. Uh, I guess. We'll see. Just want to famous yeah. last words. Yeah. We will. <laughs> yeah. We'll see if you will be in the same role at that time. So we'll see. Ouch! <laughs> he just came on a team, let him be. <laughs> but you never know. It's realities of life. But you never know. <laughs> but thank I'm you, Carrie, for joining us. We'll jump on the articles together with Paul. Thank you. Thank you for this one. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Bye. And excellent. Thank you, Gary, for the great discussion. One more time. Good to have you in the show. Uh, what was it? Uh, you were first time in one episode one of 57. No, 57. And now we're in 57. No one so that's, that's in, in front of it. A few years back. I guess we do like, what, 20, 20 of these in a season? 30? I have no 20, idea. 20 more. I think in a, a year. Season, semester. A year. In a semester. I have no oh, idea. Semester. Yeah. So there will be 20, I think, 20 ish. I don't know. Maybe we should actually do some statistics at some point. Here. Maybe we should actually count. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but math is so hard. Number of minutes wasted per episode. <laughs> 
Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Multiplied by all of the listeners and visitors who keeps on listening and listening, listening and listening, listening like and listening. Five. Yes. Well, that's true. That's uh, that's. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so let's jump on the articles of this week. Uh, it is the last episode of the season. We've been hinting this now uh, in this episode for quite a few times. So it is. That's why we are so off the script. Because typically we are super strict on this model. Let's jump yes. on the articles. We are just pure professionals. Good. So let's start. What? <laughs> we are not. What? <laughs> so let's start with a, a updated news from last week. We have quite a few news and blog, uh, blog posts uh, from Microsoft and then uh, also from Community as well. So first one uh, from Jared Spataro uh, from Viva Sales, the new office uh, experiences. Here's what's new in Microsoft 365 and a nice summary blog post related on the recent announcements, including the Viva Sales, which is coming up as a new Viva module. So uh, Viva is something, Viva Microsoft is something which is selection of modules in every one of them have a separate kind of a implementation and a background but uh, they're part of the same umbrella and focusing on the employee experiences so viva sales is the latest one um, and that was announced i think last week as well actually so was it see we don't have that one out here is no it was announced two weeks ago my bad yeah. So there we go. Should have done my research properly. But anyway, so it's really about integrating the dynamics more closely to the team's experiences. And it's a really interesting concept. Uh, so really, really interesting to see how that's coming out. And then a lot of new additional adjustments and updates. So kind of a uh, summary plot plus from Jared uh, related on what's coming all up in the Microsoft 365. Related on summary blog posts. Ta-da. Exactly. So we will have yet another overview about what's new in Microsoft Teams, this time June 2022. So another great overview of new features coming to Microsoft Teams, not just for devs, but also for admins, for people who, um, how do you call that, uh, furnish meeting rooms? If that's yep. the, the expression who people who, you know, like put the meeting rooms in place, ensuring that uh, employees have a great experience on Teams when they work in the office. So a great yep. overview of new features, devices, capabilities, and so forth and so on. Highly recommended to review, even skim through what's new and relevant to you. Yep. I was just checking that my headphone, I think I have a job rank at 75 if I'm not listening. Anyway, so getting certified as well. So that's really, really, really good because I'm super happy with this one. So that means that it's, it's been tested throughout. Now, uh, we also had a June 2022 update on a SharePoint with SharePoint roadmap, which actually includes the OneDrive and Viva Topics and Viva Connections uh, with a, a, a podcast uh, integration with Adam Ford, who's a principal design manager for OneDrive and SharePoint. Uh, so a great, great, great summary blog post again on what has happened within the last month. Uh, some of this stuff, like I was closely involved in creating this one. It feels like a decade of, of already, but it is actually early June. So you are correct. So <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny how the one month seems so long, but a lot of, lot of cool new features. Well, it is an update from June, so yeah. True, true. All of the latest updates <laughs> and changes in June, including all of the partner updates and the integrations in Teams and all of that, because it's all getting more and more integrated. So which is really, really cool. Thank you, uh, Mark Cashman, on that one. So really, very cool uh, summary. Then we had a blog post related on uh, idle session timeouts. Exactly. 
So we announced recently new cool um, feature that if you are on the web app and you will not interact with it for a given period of time, you will be logged out and that is to ensure that you know that you will not leave the computer unattended or session expired and so forth and so on right so this feature is a great way towards increasing security across microsoft 365 it works on on the web right so like it doesn't affect the mobile apps it doesn't affect the desktop apps it's only the web apps so that is one and two uh your company can set the idle timeout, right? So whether you, you want it to be five minutes, 15 minutes, that is up to you. You can set it up in the Microsoft 365 Admin Center. Yep, really, really cool. Good security feature for sure. Because even though, well, I, I used to work in a shared office for like more than 15 years already. I'm so used to do the Windows and L lock my machines, but you see people just leaving their computers open. So this is a good security yeah. measure as well. Now, uh, Viva Learning SharePoint updates uh, is an update in the Viva blog site, and this is basically up there, focusing on the update on the fact that you can actually feed the Viva Learning experience directly from a SharePoint list. And that's the prim uh, primary, uh, let's say, objective of this blog post. That's the primary feature. And then there's additional nuances and features and capabilities which are available as well, like Scrum content, which is something Scrum. 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 Not Scrum. Scrum. Whatever. Uh, content which is available <laughs> and, and direct URL supports and everything else. <laughs> Pronunciations are so hard. Anyway, then we had a uh, OneDrive file picker version 8 uh, release as well on exactly. the developer side. So when you build apps for work, they are typically all about two things people and files. And oftentimes when you when you, you build a file picking experience, well, you need to be able to browse through the locations, the sites, the libraries, and so forth and so on, find the file that you're interested in, right? And why would you reinvent the wheel? Like that, that why wouldn't that experience be consistent with Microsoft 365, right? So with that, with the new OneDrive picker that we released the other day, uh, you don't need to worry about any of that. With a few lines of code, you can embed it in your app, and your app will have the same consistent experience for selecting files that you the same as you will find in Microsoft 365. So it's a great way to let developers focus on adding the value in their app, solving problems that are truly specific to their app, and not focus on building picker that is like, that is not files a USB. And, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Cool. Uh, that that actually is a really really cool feature for sure. It, it and of course every single file should be in cloud. So it it's just select from one drive. And I've been there doing that now. There are files that aren't on a cloud. That, no, doesn't exist. <laughs> Does not Flo exist. Floppies. So floppies. <laughs> maybe floppies. Maybe I can find a floppy in the background. Anyway. Um, now, we also had a update blog post related on introducing apps in the Microsoft Teams voice over IP. So now the, the Microsoft Teams apps are also available in the, uh, the voice over IP calls. So interesting option as well. So it's, we are evolving the apps and surfacing the same apps experiences in Teams in a different uh, technologies, which is cool as well. Then there was a deprecation, oh, no, not a deprecation, a change announcement in Microsoft Graph. Exactly. So we are adjusting URL of the Microsoft 365 App Usage Report API on the beta endpoint. So preview API, 
that URL will, will change a part of the URL. The contents part of the URL is removed. And again, it is a preview endpoint, so all is well, all supported, all according to our agreement with you, right? So yep. if you use the preview endpoint to get report about the usage of Microsoft 365 apps, you want to adjust that. Uh, and yep. that's becoming effective July 25th, 2022. Pretty soon, but still a nice heads up. And again, beta endpoint, so that's, that's pretty yeah. very fair as well. Now, there was a nice blog post from Louisa Fries related on how to build a color constraint ratio checker for improved accessibility in Power Apps. And she talks about the accessibility features and, and how we can adjust things and see the, the ratio differences between the colors in the Power Apps. An important topic um, because the accessibility there are nowadays more and more rules and laws even to apply when you're implementing an application uh, with related on accessibility. So really, really good consideration points as well. Cool stuff. Thank you, Louisa, on that. Then we had a nice blog post from Eli Shai. Absolutely. So in this article, she talks about Microsoft 365 developers. Who are they and how you start, right? Because oftentimes, you know, Many of us have been around for a long time and we kind of already, already 10 steps ahead. And oftentimes we don't give it enough or we don't we don't appreciate the fact that every day new people start. And where where would they start? How do they get involved? What are the different options from which they can choose? So this is a great summary from somebody who is in community and who has gone through these steps at some point, sharing the, um, her experiences and the resources that, 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 that she values the most. So definitely a great place to start if you're new just to have this entry point like, hey, let me start from there and build out for the things that are relevant to my work. Yep, absolutely. Really, really cool stuff. We also had an announcement uh, related on new Microsoft 365 platform community team members. So Anoop and Fabio are now officially part of the, our community uh, team. So they're basically MVPs who are closely involved on coordinating the different work, uh, what we do across open source and community areas. Um, and we're always looking for new members and always looking into extending the, the core team uh, for getting people more closely involved and then being helping us to tell the story about sharing is caring because again we are here to help people to succeed and and Anup and Fabio are really good examples of the people who've been contributing for years and being actively involved in the community as well so really really cool stuff thank you Fabio and Anup on that this one's interesting around Docker you've been involved in this Valdek yes correct so just the other day you announced version 115.0 of SharePoint framework, right? Yep, yes, we did. And the one thing that is typical for SPFX is that across the years, you know, as we went from 1.0 to 1.15, pool chain evolves, right? So different versions of nodes, different prerequisites, and so forth and so on. And the one thing that we appreciate is that, well, we acknowledge that you might have a need to go back in time to a project you've built in the past and change something about it without being able to migrate it, to upgrade it, right? So how do you go back and forth? Well, you would need to change dependencies and so forth and so on. There is an easier way, right? So that is to exactly that point. To make it easier for you to switch between the different versions of SPFX, we released a Docker image. Think very lightweight VM with everything prepackaged. You 
started and you have the right version of Node, the right version of NPM, Yeoman, Gulp, and everything else you need to run the project you created on that version of SPFX. So now, today, we published a version 1.15.0 of Docker image that runs with that version of SPFX. If you use SPFX, you can now run this image too. Awesome, awesome. This really helps on, I'm sure there's a, a learning curve related on Docker. We tested that journey for a few times. It haven't really catch on fire, but I think more and more people are looking into doing this because again, it's super flexible, so. It depends <laughs> what you define. It didn't catch on fire. No, no, no. I mean, like, well, already again, in this image. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's... it is being used. I do, I'm not saying that it's not being used, but it, it's, yeah, it could have actually been the way of introducing to doing the development from a day one, which we chose not to do. So, but again, it's, exactly. it's so it is an absolutely a valid option and a great way of doing things for sure. So, our dev documentation doesn't start by install a Docker file, but they could potentially. But again, we chose not to do that. So, for yeah. now, at least. <laughs> Uh, anything else? What we want to have a discussion? No. <laughs> no. Next link. <laughs> we can have discussion about Marcus, anything. Yes, that's true. Marcus Miller had a great new blog post related on Fluid, uh, using Fluid Framework in Microsoft Teams app. So, and this is basically a series, uh, third episode on a series where he talks about the Fluid Framework and using that then in a collaborative external application as a Fluid Relay service. What that is, and now integrating that to the Microsoft Teams uh, meeting app. So, thank you, Marcus. These are really really cool. Uh, step-by-step -step guidance on how to make things happen. So he's doing a really, really great job on this blog post. Bert Janssen had an announcement related on PMP Core SDK. Yes, he had a, an <laughs> announcement about a PMP Core SDK. Yes. <laughs> which is a modern .NET library providing Correct. a fluent Correct. API on top of Microsoft Graph, SharePoint REST, and SharePoint CSOM APIs. Yeah. If you yeah. build for SharePoint and Microsoft 365 on .NET, that it might a good be option for the that. API or DSDK for you to, you to use. Yep. Absolutely, absolutely. It's it's it's. <laughs> now, uh, then Laura Kokarinen had a blog post related on how to add a custom code via private Azure DevOps artifacts feeds to your project and build pipeline. So basically, as you have your NuGet packages or NPM packages in Azure uh, DevOps, how do you connect to them? So that's how we do it, for example, inside of engineering, testing of the new upcoming releases and builds and all of that. So uh, how do I do that? And then she uh, once again does a great job of showing step-by-step -step guidance on how the things actually work. So thank you, Laura, on that one. Then there was a new blog post from Andrew Connell. What, what's new? Unboxing the SharePoint Framework v115. What's new? What's added? What's fixed? What enhancements are available? AC does a great job, you know, unpacking the release, going through the different changes and steps, along with giving his own opinion and take on the features that are shipped. So it's definitely interesting to get his point too on not just the, the facts, but also an opinion like how does that, like does it have effect on something and so forth and so on. So really interesting article. Yep, absolutely. Thank you, AC, on that one. Uh, then Mark Rackley had a, a blog post about Hillbilly dApps. Uh, sounds really interesting, uh, but uh, he uses this Hillbilly term <laughs> in his work, or especially open source community side. And technically, what this is is that he has a solution which uses DOM manipulation to expose uh, a a 
web parts as a tab. Let's see if I can actually show you that. There we go. So in here, uh, here we can see two web parts as a tab being exposed uh, in this section. Now, this is a DOM hack, which means that uh, it's it's basically as he calls out, it is provided as is without any any type of error. So it is not technically a supported way of doing things. So he's doing DOM manipulation uh, and on runtime rendering of the page. But if somebody somewhere says, we're going to do all of these things and this blah, 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 only if you're going to make this happen, then, well, okay, fine. As long as people understand the consequences of that decision and using yeah. these things. So key is to understand how things are being built. So thank you, Mark, on that one as well. Now, Eli Shea had another blog post. Exactly. And this time she walks us through step by step. How would you upgrade your SPFX project? And the cool thing is she uses how to do that using CLI from Microsoft 365, which is probably the easiest way out there to really get the list of steps you have to do for your specific projects to bring in from whatever version it is, even if it was 1.0, all the way down to the version you want to upgrade to. It can be the latest 115 as of as of the recording, but you might also want to say like, hey, I have another project on 112 and I want to upgrade to that so that, they, that, that all of them are in line, right? So you have yep. the options too. And in this article, she goes through the steps. How would you go through it? How would you, what would you run? What you get and get out? And what are the different things you still need to change, if any? So this is yep. a great article if you work with SPFX. And the cool thing is, SPFX these days is for Teams, Viva Connections, and SharePoint. So despite its name, it's for more than just SharePoint apps. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you, Eli, on that one. Then there was a blog post from Christine uh, Kolorzewski. Sorry for pronunciation problems on the last name, uh, but she had a, this is something what we actually talked about with you about like for quite a few times in the show, which is ah, the power apps, it's really, really interesting, but it's pretty ugly every now and then. And <laughs> she basically focuses on showing how you can make pretty looking power apps and really focusing on how you transform that kind of a standard looking button to look something a bit more different and really detailed step-by-step -step explains how things are working. So absolutely brilliant job on the blog post. And it's awesome to see then the, the new implementations uh, in place and, and really, really, really cool stuff. So I I prefer looking power apps looking like this than looking quite how they are by default. So <laughs> how would I say this in a polite way? <laughs> but Christine, well, I mean, thank you for this. Really, really cool. So. Yeah, and I guess at the end of the day, it's interesting, right, that different companies might have a different way they want to go about it, right? They want to, they might want to use this design. They might want to align more with Microsoft 365 or with Teams or with Office. So all depends on the context you use it. And I think that Overall, we hear this need a lot, like the ability to be able to, be able to consistently theme or skin the app. And I guess that this is a yep. step towards that. It does. Yep. It shows that technically it doesn't need to be flat UI. Like it can yep. be anything you want it to with some work. It's not there that you can really apply a skin over an existing app and it changes the way it it, it looks like. But it's a nice step already towards showing that you can achieve more beyond the flat default UI you get. So yep. this is a great Absolutely. example of how you can push the limits and make the, these apps look uh, more visually appealing, if that's your taste. Yep, 
absolutely absolutely really cool looking stuff by the way and it's 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 a great explanation how to design these kind of things as well so really really great stuff now paula had a blog post uh, no this is not a blog post this is called a video as it's in youtube it's hard you know the video Video, video, video. It's a different thing than a blog post. Video. Now, Paulo had a uh, video uh, on, on as an episode 211 using the BMP team speaker control uh, in SPFX solution. And so there's a, a open source uh, team speaker, team picker, which you can integrate easily to your SharePoint framework solution for selecting a team. Uh, and this is basically uh, a functionality which is then dynamically behind of the scenes without you as a developer being worried about it, hitting the graph UIs and getting the information and then rendering the selection for you. So, which is pretty neat way of, of speeding up the development experience. Then Shane Young had a blog post around search pane. Yes, Power Apps Search Pane. You can use that to find different things, right? Collections, variables, controls, formula, anything within your app. So it's a great way to navigate between different elements in your app and more easily find them, find the things you need. So if you build Power Apps, that will definitely save you some time clicking around and trying to find different things. After we have seen the commercial, which we're now <laughs> looking at, Vesa. Thank you. You're welcome. You are welcome. One, two, three, four. There we go. <laughs> oh, that can easily happen. So it's okay. Thank you, Shane, for, for providing uh, the weekly videos as well. These are really, really cool. Uh, it's, it's good to have a new perspective and new videos and new content every single week, uh, which is awesome. And then uh, April had a, a video. These are not blog posts, videos uh, around Microsoft List Calendar color coding with view formatting. So talking about a SharePoint view formatting, uh, which is a JSON-based uh, way of extending uh, the SharePoint uh, list or modifying the, the look and feel, and then talks about the color coding and how we can adjust things and how we can make things uh, look potentially prettier like that. So we can then color code based on a type of the call or based on metadata. So really cool stuff. Thank you, April, on that. That's it for this week. We already talked about what's going to happen in the following weeks with Gary. Am I now done? Can I go? Can I go? Can I go? Can yes. I go? Can I get yes. sleep? This is I the just end. need to sleep for the, two weeks. This is the end. <laughs> I don't think this is the end, though. So. <laughs> volume one, as we as we learned, right? Like this is the end of volume one, season whatever we are. Okay. Interesting. No. <laughs> <laughs> And we needed to stop on a cliffhanger. So I don't know what the cliffhanger is. Hmm. I can I I can name a few, but like I don't like. Do we, oh, do we want to oh, go that way? Oh, I don't know. Like oh oh, okay. I I know exactly. Will the ignite conference be in person or not? And the answer is. Oh, okay, that doesn't work. No, I, I guess it's good uh, to close up. We'll be back in uh, end of August, right? August. Somewhere around that. August, time. yeah. Yeah, August, in August. Cool. But thanks to everybody for watching. Uh, please keep on using the hashtag BMP Weekly in the Twitter so we know uh, the new content which is coming up. Thank you for everybody in the community for contributing in our open source and community channels. Again, we're saying this in every single week in the community calls, but we are seriously building the Microsoft 365 for you. So your feedback, your inputs, that counts um, because again, we want you to love that um, and start using that and ex extending that. Um, that is our objective. So 
please, please, please keep the feedback coming. If something isn't working, tell us, tell us more, tell us again, tell us again, tell us again, and we will get it adjusted. So every now and then things cannot be adjusted in a matter of minutes or days or months, but it, your feedback will be heard. So thank you for that. Any last words, Waldek? For now. So long and thanks for all the fish. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And thank you, Andrew Benson, uh, who's our video editing guy once again for a awesome season. Uh, it's been a fun. Um, and we'll come back with a new season starting in August. Yeah. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thank you, everybody.